So good evening everyone and welcome to your latest um, Single Mom Survival Guide webinar and um, I'm very happy to have as my guest this evening John Stebbing um, and I'm going to tell you all about John in a minute. Um, what I'll first do though is just go through some um, housekeeping if you like, basic housekeeping. We'll be um, probably online for about an hour um, but I am very keen for you to ask any questions you might have. Um, and so you'll see there's a there's a Q&A box. Um, you'll see that there. And um, please type in your questions. I'll be checking the Q&As. Um, and so I'll pass on your questions to John. Um, so anything that you, any birding question you have for him, um, that's, that's the way to do it. Um, and I'm sure that you'll have um, possibly some, you know, you, you'll want to find out a little bit more information about what John does. So you'll notice um, if you've um, come through the web, the webcast, you'll notice that there's a button there with John's um, website on there, so you can go and do a little bit more exploring after the after the event. And I'm also going to give you John's email address, so you'll be able to directly. Um, so without more ado then, let me tell you a little bit about, about John Stirling, our honoured guest or privileged to, to speak to him this evening. Um, John comes to mediation from an initial legal background. Both in his degree and professional examinations, he excelled in family law, achieving a distinction. And although through training in the early years of his practice, uh, addressed a broad range of legal issues, so anything from dealing with property to fishermen catching salmon in the wrong size nets. I like that bit. <laughs> John has, however, been uh, concentrating on family law problems for over 30 years, so he's gained an awareness of the need to avoid destructive and damaging disputes um, and, you know, the, the importance of seeking out non-contentious methods of solving the problems. Uh, John's a member of Resolution, which is an organisation of 6,500 family lawyers and other family professionals dedicated to addressing divorce, separation and the consequences that follow. Uh, minimizing conflict, stress, and the impact on the children involved, and seeking to maximize a method of progressing from being together to living separately with respect for each other. So in his current practice, John um, heads up a team of family lawyers with skills from addressing domestic violence issues, uh, financial disputes, the consequences of living together, and those issues that involve the children of relationships and the interests of all levels of their family and their well-being. And um, he's also able to represent children personally in some situations. So mediation isn't the only thing that he does, uh, but within his current uh, practice, GAAS Mediation Services, um, he's been joined by um, Wendy Still, and together they provide mediation services in the southeast of the UK. So mediation is one side of dispute resolution and, and not the only option that's available to those who need their problems solved. I know in past calls we've talked um, about collaborative law, we've talked about some of the other options. Um, so there are other options such as the lawyers and the couple involved collaborating together and entering into a contract to commit to solving their difficulties without recourse to a court contest. Um, there's even an option of putting a case not to a judge but to a family law arbitrator to resolve any impasse that might have arisen in discussions and, and negotiations. Um, but today, you know, we're going to be talking about mediation and, and this is the practice that John favours for the right couple and individuals. Um, and it, it helps them to address between them the problems, but also to move forward to find a solution and that, that they can both commit to. And it creates a sort of working platform for their future. 
and certainly for future parenting and, and, and other things that might arise. So I'm going to um, obviously get much more information from the expert himself, so I'm, I'm going to hand over to you. So, John, uh, welcome to the call. Nice welcome. To you. Uh, thank you. Nice, nice to invite me along. <laughs> and uh, tell me why um, mediation is one of – I know it's not the only thing you do, but why, why is it that you enjoy mediation? I mean, what is it that you feel is, is so special about this process? Uh, yeah, well, mediation gives a couple who have obviously invested in, in a relationship um, in better times, have, have thought wonderful things of each other, and have grown mm -hmm. through a relationship possibly to bring children into their life uh, and create wealth for themselves to, to, to really talk about how to resolve that problem if they can't stay together with, with some style. And I like to use that phrase, style, because in the court process, it can be quite brutal. Um, you you may be finding uh, your family lawyer is, is knowing all the rules, knows all the law, knows where to direct you, but that humanism about how you resolve your problem gets lost in, in that whole exercise, and, and it gets even worse when you actually get to the courtroom. The courtroom itself might no, be in the I building. I believe that, yeah. Yeah. It is, is pretty unsavory. It, it creates pressures. Uh, you might not be able to think straight. Um, it's a real contrast. Mediation is offering you uh, a room. It's, it's not a sitting room, but it, it's, it's a room which might uh, preferably have a, a, a sizable round table, a bit like a dining table, I suppose. Um, it uh, would have a, a flip chart in the corner. Um, you would attend it with a professional eye. I mean, it's it's not a chat show. It, it's it's a focused piece of uh, discussion, uh, and it would give you both as as individuals the opportunity to have almost like a bit of an umpire with you to help your discussion not get out of hand, um, but help to focus and and facilitate um, a solution that suits you both. And that suiting you both may be something that your lawyer might otherwise think, well, that's not quite what I would have recommended. But if it suits you both, why not? <laughs> yeah. um, and, and exactly, that, because of course, you know, when you go through the legal process, I know um, from bitter experience myself that sometimes what you both want kind of gets lost in the whole adversarial element of a, of a divorce. And I, I can really see that when you boil it all down to, well, what is it that you really want from this? You know, you probably get some much better answers, much more thoughtful answers, and perhaps some less hostile answers, and maybe some that are going to work better for you as a, you know, in your new guise as a family, because although you're not together as a family, you are still connected to each other, you know, which is what I always tell yeah. clients, you know, you, you can't yeah. just hope that the other person's going to go off to the other side of the planet and you'll never have to see them again because when you have children together that's not an option <laughs> so mm. you know yeah. um it's uh i can see how you know you talked about the humanistic sort of element of it i can see how valuable that would be and you know i mediation wasn't considered in in my own divorce case it, it wasn't i don't know whether i no. didn't know about it or whether i never thought about it but um i can see that if you're both committed to the process um you know it, it's going to work really well so are there any other reasons why people should mediate or, or, or go down this route rather than perhaps 
um, setting off down the court route or, or even collaborative uh, law? Well, um, yeah, yeah, your, your observations there make me think of some examples of some mediation, which I'll come yeah. back to. But, but if I if I just come to the reason for mediating at the moment, and we're talking 2015, it, it's because. Yeah. In England, the government actually, through the uh, Ministry of Justice, have actually given a lot of weight to mediation. And, and it's so much weight that, in fact, uh, for many types of family law court applications, you are not allowed to issue that application until you've actually had one of you, at least, a discussion with a mediator to look at the options available to you. And uh, I would say if that mediator is doing their job properly, really try to bring home to you the, the benefit of trying to resolve these problems away from the courtroom and through the mediation system. And so it's it's really got what I call legislative support now because mm. the courts won't let you rush off to court. Oh, you know, I throw my hands in the air. I'm going to just take you to court, madam, or, you know, Mr. Smith, you, you have done your wrong. You are going to court with me. They've got to think about it. They've got to stand back and see if actually, okay, well, maybe maybe we should try and think how we can both work with each other because it will save us money, save us mental anxiety, and may just get a solution that suits us both better than anything else. And that's really And, and that, that's fantastic. I mean, I think that's great that it's something that people are now being um, made to do, if you like, because, you know, when yeah. I always say this practically with everyone I, I interview, but it's, it's interesting how we can make some really bad decisions in the kind of white heat of anger or upset yeah. or, you know, when it's yeah. all very traumatic. And those are the times when we make some of our worst decisions, particularly when they're, you know, made from a, a very highly emotional state. So I can yeah. see that the obligation to look at least look at mediation and see whether that could take some of the sting out of it, both financially and yeah. also emotionally. That's just such a great service that um, yeah. you know people now have. I think that's fantastic. So yeah. you said it just I mean, reminded I... you of a few of a few examples. Yeah. I mean, is there anything yeah. that you can tell us about that? Let, let me um, let me think. I mean, one of the earliest uh, mediation cases uh, I did. Uh, many years ago, um, related to uh, a couple. Um, the mum was uh, a professional lady, had a professional career. Um, the father was um, a stay-at-home father because their two children were sadly extremely disabled and their whole no. lifestyle was built around obviously caring for disabled children, but uh, with, uh, with the guy, their dad, doing... Um, sort of daily work with the children, if I put it that way, and, and mum coming home from her busy uh, professional life and, and contributing when she could when uh, in the evenings or at weekends and holidays. And they they wanted to separate, but they just couldn't see how they could do that. And, and it was painful for them to be together, but even more painful to see how they could construct a, a separation that paid respect to the needs of their children. Um, and thankfully, through mediation, we had about four or five sessions. Um, it, during the first session, classically, you, you would find uh, uh, the need to really uh, help the mum and dad really express their 
worries and concerns why it was they separate, why it is they can't live together, even in an aggressive and possibly angry sense of words, not 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 in the physical sense, but in verbal sense, to sure. to explain what that frustration that meant that for whatever reason their relationship they invested a lot in had not worked, and then try to see well. Okay, one can look at the pounds and add them all up and split up assets and money. But there were these two disabled kids, and they needed they needed effectively 24/7 intensive care. Um, fortunately, that from moving from small steps, uh, we ended up with a complicated but feasible plan that just a court would not have been able to touch uh, because it was so complicated, right. but it was absolutely built around the needs of these two kids. So that, in fact, um, it was almost like uh, mum was looking after the children. They stayed living in mum's home, but mm -hmm. dad visited almost like a, a daily carer, if you like. So I his, his roles, yeah, so his role sort of changed. So. Um, it gave Dad that lifeline that he could have a, a, a life, as it were, because um, his 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 portion of the care of the children was still happening. But apart from that, uh, he could explore a, a different type of life without his his wife, uh, as the separation was going to happen, and, and so be it. Um, and that worked, uh, and it worked, and the the children effectively were not a affected at all by... Now, I can imagine, because in fact, things, they, yeah. they worked out that the things could stay the same for the children, which is yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. give us another example, um, perhaps a, um, a more usual situation, because that sounds yeah. like quite a, a unique case, really, in, yeah. in the, the, with the disability of the children. Yeah. Um, I could uh, recall a, a very young couple, and the guy approached me first to say, look, I'm, I, my, my wife won't let me see my son, who was only 18 months old, mm -hmm. um, I hadn't seen him for four months, and um, you know, can we have some mediation to help try and find out if I can establish a, a contact system again so I can see him? Um, and we did persuade, with some, uh, some angst about it, a mum to come to mediation. And it turned out that mum's um, uh, concerns, and, and this is something that would not necessarily have been properly put, I think, in a legal world. Mum's concerns stemmed from a little incident that had happened at the hospital. And their little boy had had uh, a bit of a medical problem. Uh, it was mm -hmm. resolved, fortunately. Uh, and the medical problem had occurred just about uh, two or three months after they separated. Dad went right. along to that uh, visiting time with mum um, and uh, they had a joint visit uh, to the hospital and, and mum was going to stay on with the little boy which is perfectly normal and expected and dad uh, went away but dad didn't go back again and mum couldn't understand that he could not understand why wasn't he visiting and uh, during that sort of following week he was in um, dad didn't visit again uh, and uh, mum interpreted that as a failure, obviously, of dad to commit to their little boy and that maybe he didn't want a relationship, therefore I'm 
not going to let him see my little boy. And that was yeah. something that, uh, you know, mum and dad were looking across the table and hearing. Well, dad, yeah. interesting enough, said, well, do you know why um, I didn't come back? And obviously mum was saying, well, because you're... Useless uh, 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 and yeah, yeah. weren't your love in my son. That's why. Yeah. Um, but of course, Dad had another solution, and uh, his solution, his answer was that he really was so upset that he had left mm. home and left his little boy with Mum. A little boy mm. then had fallen sick, and uh, there he was at the hospital with the Mum that he was separated from with mm-hmm. a little boy that he was always also separated from. Mm-hmm. And he was very upset. And yeah. uh, he expressed that upset to the extent in that mediation session that he did convince mum that he, he was entirely genuine, albeit mm-hmm. perhaps misplaced about yeah. his decision-making. But it was based on a human response. His, he, he just couldn't take being with a wife no. or his wife. It was too painful, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The pain was showing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a big, tall, healthy, physical looking chap. And, yeah. and I'm afraid the, I think the, the uh, sort of male not wanting to show his emotions yeah. meant that he found walking away was his answer. And of course, it wasn't the answer, but she hadn't ever heard that explanation. Um, they hadn't had those sort of communications to enable that to be said in a in a controlled environment, which is really what mediation provided. So I, I, I can say, really see that because what yeah. you would do is, I suppose, the fact the very fact that the mediator is there and you were there, it yeah. stops it from degenerating into a slanging match or a you know or a you know how, when people argue they go into a pattern. Often, I can imagine that having just having the presence of someone else there, so you're almost explaining things through the mediator enables you probably to be a lot more truthful because you feel safe in that environment because often you know for someone what you've just described I think sometimes yeah. men do struggle to to express their emotions and they they're worried that they're going to be ridiculed or not believed yeah. or, or whatever I can really see how having the mediator in the room would encourage him to actually be truthful perhaps to himself for the first time as well because he might not have being able to work out why it was he couldn't go back, you know. So I can really see yeah. how you can help people to progress in in the whole, you know, the the, the grieving process, if you like, of of a, of a split because it is yeah. very traumatic for both sides. And and as you said, they have invested a lot in each other. And there's the whole kind of broken dream, and uh, you know, yeah. it's not what you hoped. And I suppose when you're at a hospital bedside those are the kind of things that all come up. You know, it's a very emotional mm. thing because you think, well, we should be together yeah. dealing with this problem. But here we are, you know, so I can really see that. And I think it's helpful for listeners to hear that, actually. And, and, and it, it does bring the human side of things um, into it. And I know that, yeah. um, you know, for you, it's important that, you know, people, as you say, separate with style but I think it, yeah. it, it also strikes me that they can separate with dignity this way. They don't have yeah. to somehow... With, with yeah. respect, really. Mm. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Yes, respect is a better is a better word, actually. Thank you, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously, 
in the most case, in, in the most part, um, these transactions are successful. Is that, do you think, partly to do with the people themselves being being ready? I mean, do you do you go through a process where you vet people for their readiness to undertake um, a commitment such as this? Because it's not, presumably, it's not for everybody. No, it's not for everybody. And if, if there's um, a, a hiccup in, in, as it were, the government's plans now that they they try to uh, direct everyone to mediation. As, as a, almost like a compulsory step before mm-hmm. you issue court proceedings, that, that's that's where it goes a bit wrong because mediation is a, a consensual exercise. You're, you're only in mediation if you actually choose to to join in that process and are willing to sit down uh, with your partner uh, and with a mediator. Uh, and that vetting of of that willingness being freely given in the knowledge that you can properly contribute in a mediation session is very important. I mean, I can certainly remember uh, stopping a mediation because the the wife in the mediation session I, I, I was holding was clearly not really contributing. And, and my approach is always to ask some questions and try to lead some discussion, albeit not to be judgmental or, or in any way biased in doing so. And this lady, unfortunately, was, clearly wasn't able to to respond and was almost shrinking away and, and, and obviously observing the body language of that meant that actually this isn't going to ever become that fair and balanced discussion that gives both both mum and dad, both husband and wife the opportunity to to lead into a solution that suits them both. And, and so um, that was a, a meeting where there's a real power imbalance, if you like, between yeah. the, the couple. And uh, she needed to, to be helped and aided by a more professional um, advisor personally for her. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, on another level, um, we would check as a matter of course whether, unfortunately, there might be a domestic violence or some sort of um, difficult background that meant that um, the meeting should not take place for safety reasons or because um, uh, the anxiety created by it is too much for one or other of the party to take. Yes, I um, suppose they both have to feel safe, don't they? And there are a yeah. lot of situations which result in divorce where that's not the case, you know. So I can see yeah. how that wouldn't it wouldn't be it wouldn't be workable um, in that case. Right. You know, you, they've both got to feel safe and like they can contribute, I suppose, without fear of reprisal or yeah. or, or, or whatever. And what about? I mean, I can imagine because it, it's a very tricky process the whole process of 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 a split and and it doesn't all go calmly and according to plan uh, to plan yeah can they step away during the process i'm i'm imagining that some new fact in their um you know the build up perhaps to the split might arise which causes you know um extra anger or or, or hurt or, or whatever and and the the process starts to break, break down i mean could they step away during the process or once they've committed to mediation do they have to kind of see it through uh, I, I certainly would uh, confirm that the, the timing um, is very much that in the hands of the couple involved in the mediation yeah um, that the the there is I, I suppose I should accept a process and and the process of mediation is to try to clear early on in the earliest discussion or the second discussion those issues that are holding up people coming to 
uh, a more balanced view of, of where they stand and then move on to that area which may involve compromise or it may involve uh, a reality about what really can be a possible solution. So it's a slightly sort of therapeutic type of process. And if, in fact, one or other is just not at that right stage to, to have those, that exercise and, for instance, can't shift out of that angry stage after a separation where somebody mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is feeling that this is entirely the fault of their partner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might need to put it on the back burner for a bit until, okay, uh, you know, few months on, um, it's a better time to view things. Um, certainly in the very early stages of separation, I would normally try to ensure a lot of thought is given as to before people jump in a particular direction. Um, sure. But also, um, there might be other factors, and some of the other factors might be just about practicalities. Um, if somebody's coming up to retirement, for instance, it might be that they want to delay really addressing those financial issues that come up with that until they're a bit clearer about really what they want to do, for instance, when they retire. And and it can be very difficult, I think, for some elderly couples to look at their lives and and really choose the right time. I, I can certainly remember some a couple who I've seen in two different sessions of mediation. And the first session was about... Um, they wanted uh, to live apart, but um, how could, for instance, uh, the wife be adequately supported by the husband who had just retired? Um, mm -hmm. Okay, uh, what they discovered, really, through the discussions we had in mediation, the information that was brought to the table in mediation, which is important when financial mediations take place, you do need to have quite a lot of financial information, just as you do actually in the court process. Uh, but that information about pensions in that case meant that uh, they actually decided they shouldn't be divorced. That wasn't going to help either of them. But in fact, um, their respect for each other meant that he was going to provide uh, quite a, a healthy amount of money from his pension for his wife. Uh, and they were going to reorganize their housing so that they both mm. were completely independent on the housing front but uh, she was going to be reliant on his income, which was from the pension. And they weren't going to adjust the pension, which is often something would happen in a divorce case. And the second right, time they came back, yeah, and they, they, they left it then about three or four years later. And they came back to mediation because the husband had decided, well, look, I'm going to go and live in Portugal now. Um, right. So I'm not sure what that means to our arrangement. Let's talk about it again and yeah they talked about it again and they reorganized their affairs again and they still decided fun enough to remain married and that is because um, this couple who where they were both in the pensionable age um, were going to benefit one way or the other from not changing the pension arrangements and uh, that may have been specific to his pension deal but that's why mediation is good because it means you can look at the realities of their family, their family set mm. up and what he really has and take the benefit of it.
Whereas, uh, and I suppose you can all, you can also do it as a like a snapshot in time. So at that particular time, this was yeah. the case, and then later on it was something else. Because in fact, I was going to say, you know, can you go through the process of mediation perhaps several different times at different stages? I mean, for instance, when the children are older, or perhaps when they, you know, one of them leaves and goes to university, or if yeah. one partner wants to move uh, perhaps areas or whatever. I, I can imagine that it would be a very um, useful process to go back to maybe several times like your clients um, in the illustration you just gave yes uh, you can certainly do that and indeed it's not restricted just the husband and wife I mean I uh, I'm, I'm sure we've all read uh, a bit about the the anxiety of grandparents these days uh, and, mm-hmm. and that anxiety comes from sadly their children in their marriages divorcing and then grandparents possibly losing contact with their grandchildren um, you yeah. can mediate between grandchildren, uh, grandparents, and, and uh, you know their uh, erstwhile daughter-in-law, for instance. Um, you can mediate many situations and use it when it's necessary, and uh, that may mean um, a, you know a number of meetings at one time, and then a few years later, different meetings, different different issue. Or mm-hmm. uh, it's it, strange as it may seem, there there can be cases when Part of uh, the affairs of a couple in a divorce are in front of the court, but also you are mediating on another part of the exercise. And, Excellent. Uh, so that, well, that was my next question. So you, it, could, yeah. it could actually fit in with other types of legal proceedings and it could all be going along concurrently. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it could be that the issue, for instance, about seeing children if you're living apart from them, is sadly an area where a lot of discussion and if it's before the court, a lot of court money can be spent on arguing about how one should have their contact with the children they're not living with. And mums often have very strong views about why it is a type of contact should, should or shouldn't take place. Contact as a subject for mediation I think is a very good area for mediation it's it's an area where you can live through the different changes in the child's life Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and organically develop the contact arrangements Um, and uh, yeah the objective obviously is you don't need a mediator to do that um, two parents who, who know they are loving and wanting to support their children throughout why don't they sort it out themselves? And that's obviously the objective. But uh, if, if there are difficulties, and those difficulties damage effectively what's going on around them and effectively damages the children if you're not careful, then mm. mediation is there to, to take it away from that syndrome around where the children see it happening to, to a yeah. more independent forum for it to be resolved. No, I mean, and perfect, really, because it's kind of the voice of reason, isn't it, that you then arrive at the voice of reason rather than that whole tit for tat, which we were talking about, which people get locked into often in, in a, you know, in a split. Um, yeah. And, and well, I suppose yeah. it, what it also helps with is when there are other parties involved. So I'm suggesting new partners or, or whatever, because once you add them into the mix, mm. sometimes 
even a, a divorcing or separating couple who actually communicate relatively well and, and you know, make arrangements very reasonably well, once you bring in one or maybe two extra elements, then things can start to go a bit haywire, can't they? So presumably you sometimes have very complicated cases where you might have, I don't know, do you ever mediate between two couples or is it only will it only be, you know, the new couple, the newly formed couples, if you like, or is it only the original parents um, on a... Um, it, it, the, the who is in mediation, as it were, it, yeah. is often determined by the the couple involved. Um, okay. The the so so if, for instance, um, say the guy felt that his new partner had uh, something helpful to contribute, and his ex agreed, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the Empowerment through mediation of the couple involved is is important, and the agenda they choose to discuss uh, is their agenda. Um, in other words, uh, I, I don't want to overestimate the the power of the mediator to direct people. It should right. be the the couple themselves directing their discussions to go down the routes they want, but um, obviously facilitated by the mediator to make sure. They still stay on focus, and and that uh, sure. the the potential for finding that solution, uh, finding that resolution, as it were, and that's why my organisation of solicitors is called Resolution, funny enough, because it, it, it yeah. supports that whole ethic really of finding that resolution through non-adversarial systems, if at all possible. And uh, what's what's great is that, you know, in your case, you've got all this other um, experience, relevant experience. So I suppose that you're, you know, you have the extra depth, if you like, to be able to assess the situation and, and perhaps, you know, if they if, if they if they require more guidance, you know, you, you would then be able to sort of point them gently in, in the direction they need to be going in um, if that included other other aspects or other avenues. Yeah, well, uh, sure. Sure. I mean, the, the mediator, if successful with his mediating couple, will produce something called a memorandum of understanding. The mm-hmm. memorandum of understanding is a phrase which is a bit of a mouthful, actually. I always find that's rather difficult to explain to people. What is that? Well, you break it down. It's just a memo, really. And it's a memo of what you understand you've achieved at the end of the mediation. Um, now, why is it like that? Well, it's because what happens in mediation is described as a, with a lawyer phrase without prejudice to the overall solution. And that means that um, that's, that's, it's said without prejudice because the discussions there are not meant to prejudice either side if everybody fell out of bed with each other and I had to go to a courtroom. And so the mediator is saying, well, right, you've got a solution. Let's nail it. Let's ask the court to say the solution you've just sorted out should be a court order. And there you may need a lawyer to construct a document that is court acceptable to reflect that memorandum of understanding. And that will be a a mediator's job to refer your couple to their individual lawyers to tidy that up at the end of the mediation. But, I mean, during mediation sometimes you might say, well, there's this issue. Um, we've resolved everything else, but we've not resolved, for instance, how the pensions are split up. And uh, the mediator is no pensions expert, and you may need a pensions expert. 
um, in the world of, of pensions, for instance, um, it's recognised by the actuaries that women live longer than men. And so although one can look at pensions and say, well, why don't we start off by splitting pensions equally between us? In fact, for you to receive as a woman the same amount per month as the man, the capital sum you need is bigger than the man's capital sum. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so you could understand, you can have quite a lot of combative discussion about that unless you're helped by an expert who can actually look at what both sides' pensions are and say, well, actually, um, to achieve what you want to achieve, uh, and that means both of you receive the same amount of money, um, this is how you need to split up these pension funds. And so during mediation, you might have a timeout while you go and get that expert in, 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 uh, information. Mm-hmm. Um, you might even find that you've resolved everything, but you have one problem. And that's where you might find that rather than go to court, you want to ask uh, this family law law arbitrator to Mm -hmm. arbitrate on that one problem. And uh, it's quite a new scheme. Uh, Family law arbitrators are uh, people who are hired, actually, to make the decision under a type of contract that uh, is uh, very professional uh, and under a type of regime that would mean that the arbitrator's decision would be accepted as a court order as well. Um, And the arbitrators are very experienced lawyers who are trained as arbitrators. And uh, you don't have to wait for a court hearing. You hire the arbitrator between both sides. You agree to pay his fee for arbitrating. And then you uh, put either in writing or at an oral hearing what you want to say to the arbitrator. And the arbitrator makes a decision and you both agree to be bound by it. What a fantastic idea, because again, that that solves and it saves so much time and money and and stress doing it that way. And I guess that um, if you if you as you say already resolved most of the problems, but there's this one thing left over, you're yeah. then in the right frame of mind, in the right um, you're doing this in the right spirit, in that you're yeah. both happy then to pass that over to an expert to to make the final decision, having put your case. Mm-hmm. I I can really yeah. again see. What a wonderful development that is um, for yeah. you know a lot of these cases. Sadly, and, uh, and when, sadly, when I was sorry, carry on. Well, all I was going to say was sadly that the courts at the moment are not operating very effectively, and there are large degrees in, uh, of delay in getting bits of paper back from the courts that progress the case, and because of that, uh, this sort of arrangement where you can actually hire the decision maker who is the arbitrator at a time when it suits you mm. uh, is is really, That's really quite revolutionary, helpful. really, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Because it is. we're it used is. to kind of yeah. waiting on the court and, you know, being being bound by that. And I have to say, I mean, not to denigrate um, anyone in, in your other profession, but it, it, uh-huh. it also is the case, or it seems to be the case that when you're in um, a normal sort of adversarial, uh, I say normal, but in, in an adversarial type court yeah. um, situation, there seems to be so much time lost as one solicitor communicates with the other solicitor and then you wait for them both to talk to their clients and then it comes, you know, it's such a long and torturous Absolutely. process. Um, I and can't that... imagine anything better than actually just having someone come to an arrangement, you know, make the decision once they've got all, all the facts. I think that's that's amazing, actually. Well, if, um, if we go back to the children-type 
scenario. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can imagine, you know, Sonny Jim's uh, birthday, and it might be a serious, important birthday coming up, uh, might even be an 18th birthday or something, you know, within uh, sort of 10 days later. Uh, and there's some argument about that. So you're not going to get a court hearing within that time. You're not going to get anywhere close to to having a forum where you can actually have a, a controlled and focused discussion about it. But you could do in mediation, and you could yeah. resolve, you know, who's going to be at that party, and yes, yeah. will dad's relatives be allowed, and all this sort of stuff, and make the arrangements, sure. and uh, get rid of all the un- unsavoriness about it, and, and then that child's going to benefit from it. And uh, I know that on occasion you do also represent uh, children. Is is that yeah. within the within the mediation process, or is that in a separate? That's in a separate part of my uh, career, really. Um, but mm. uh, my experience in representing children can be really helpful in helping parents cast an eye sideways at, hang on, what I'm saying here, am I really, really meaning this because of their joint commitment to their children? And, uh, you know, kids are there f- forever. Um, yeah. Uh, that, that if you're parents, you're parents. Nobody exactly. can take that away from you. Uh, and uh, the kids really don't want to see mum and dad at each other's throats. They really want yeah. to, okay, you're living apart, fine. I've got two Christmases. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Birthday presents, great. <laughs> Let's get on with life, you know. Exactly. And uh, I remember you telling me when uh, when we first met, uh, John, that you were, you were talking about what you ask people to do is, is to... I, and I may not be describing this correctly, so but but you ask people to work out what the most important thing is, you know, each of the parties going into the mediation, and it might be, um, I think the example you gave was something along the lines of, you know, I don't want him to stop seeing the children, or I want them to still, you know, see him yeah. every weekend, or whatever it is, but each person will have their own very, very individual reason, won't they, for or, or their very, very own individual goal, yeah. I suppose, in the process, so... I was very interested in how you elicit that and you were able to incorporate that. that, that. That's rather um, a borrowed technique from uh, the collaborative law process, funny enough. Um, Mm -hmm. In collaborative law, um, which is a system whereby uh, both the uh, couple and their lawyers sign up a contract and say, look, I'm not going to take our case to court in anger. Um, We're going to work around the table and work out this problem between us collaboratively and at the very start of that process uh, the couple are, are invited to make a, an anchor statement well in, in, mm-hmm. in mediation uh, with me I might be asking uh, individually for them to say well look um, what do you want um, what do you want from this process because uh, uh, I oft- I do often say as well that look uh, well, start, look, uh, you are paying me to be here as a mediator. I'm not going to just let you talk incessantly about everything else in the world. We are going to have focused discussion about what it is that is the concerns. So um, it's helpful to know what, what you want. And, and yeah. getting people to think about, oh, well, what do I really want? Um, uh, okay, I can slag off my husband anytime I like, really, but this is not the reason for that. I no. don't think... Yeah, I've got to think, I'm paying this man to sit here and listen to me, and I, I need to tell him sensibly what I want. And, and it, it can be, well, look, all I want is a, you know, a three-bedroom house uh, because I've got two children, and I need it. And um, 
I don't want the world, but I want to be secure. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes that sort of word, hang on, secure, yes. And then the guy might be thinking, well, actually, yeah, of course I want kids to be brought up in a secure home. Yeah. And, and yes. then you start working about, well, don't worry about percentages, about who says gets what. How do we get this secure home for these kids? Yeah. And you're yeah. looking at it for a practical way. And uh, it can be really helpful to break down what otherwise is. Well, I read in the paper, I'm on 50% of everything. I cut everything up 50%. Yeah, well, yeah. that doesn't work. No. So, I mean, it is a truism, but it's it's a kind of, it has to be a win-win situation, doesn't it? It has to be a situation where at the end, both parties feel like they've achieved at least their main goal, or their main objective, and, and they've, yeah. you know, that they've, reached a compromise not because they were forced into it but because they chose to to Ab- to, to, to absolutely do that. yeah and you see i'm i'm not i'm not doing the lawyer bit there I, i'm saying to them what do you want um a lawyer will say well tell me all about it and then i'll tell you what you should get uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i'm not doing that as a mediator I, i'm not there to tell anyone what they should have uh, i'm not going to judge no. what the couple feel should be right or wrong. It's it's their life. Mm-hmm. Um, they've yeah, had their yeah. wedding or or joined together in some other relationship. And that's that's for them. Uh, yeah, and yeah. why why should somebody tell them how to deal with their car, their house, their holiday home, or or mm-hmm. more importantly, their children or even their dog? You know, yeah. what they want to do is what they should be able to do. And and so it, it really is kind of tailoring the whole thing much more to their own individual situation, which, as you say, is very yeah. different. And I know that yeah. people wage bitter wars over pets, over furniture, over all sorts of things. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, as, as you said, who are you to say what is and isn't important? You know, if it's, you know, the prize, I don't know, China collection or something, um, I'm just plucking yeah. something out of thin air, then I guess, if that's important to both of them, then then you have to consider that, don't you? You know, yeah. it's um, what I, had, I like I about a, that. It's that, yeah. yeah. I had I had a situation where somebody had a boat uh, and quite a big boat, uh, and, and it was in a right. harbour, and it was uh-huh. a money pit. It it, <laughs> it hadn't moved <laughs> from this harbour for some years, uh, and yeah. was constantly needing work on it, and it was not cheap work. Um, but uh, for one of the couple, uh, it was it was their life. You know, this this boat yeah. was it. Um, it was their pastime. It was their hobby. It was their sanctuary. It was everything yeah, to them. Yeah. And so it's quite illogically, I suppose, um, they were going to keep that come what may, even if it meant that they could really struggle to meet their own home uh, costs. But it was that it was that important. Um, yeah. Uh, and in the court syndrome, well, the importance is gone. But it's a it's a number on a page. Most yeah, value X. That's all it is. Well, yeah. for mediation, it's more than that. It's it's what it means to you. Yeah. Well, I have to say, John, that you have um, made a very compelling case for mediation. So <laughs> I I really hope that <laughs> that, that yeah. listeners will be will be definitely considering it if it's something they haven't considered Good. before. Um, and I'm. I think it's imp- it's important that they consider it, without all the frosty pompousness that law creates. Yes. Mediation isn't needed to be like that. Look at it from a point of view. This is a, a this is a a, a life boy sent to them to try to 
help them out, uh, you know, when they're in the rocky seas. That's what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I have to say that, you know, your own personal style and your, you know, the way that you communicate and stuff, you know, would immediately put people at their ease and just make them feel that, you know, now we can get back to normal and we can, we can, you know, we can create some kind of normality here and, and, and make a decision that's not so fraught with, you know, emotion and, um, and angst, I guess. I certainly, I certainly hope so. That would be my aim. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm here to tell you that, um, we, on behalf of everybody, that, um, that you are the person. So, um, tell me about how people can work with you. And obviously, I've put the, um, I've put a link to your website, but I'm just going to, yeah. um, get you to tell anyone who's just listening on the phone what your yeah. contact details are so would you be able to give us perhaps a, a phone number and, and your email address and perhaps Very, a website yeah, absolutely um, my uh, mediation practice uh, uh, is connected with my legal practice uh, and mm -hmm. so the easiest way really to contact me is, is through the legal practice I suppose uh, right. that is Stephen Rimmer LLP and uh, my telephone number for my family and mediation team is 01-323-434-415. The website is www.stephenrimmer.com and that links with JS Mediation Services, which is also my practice. Okay. And um, the offices uh, operate uh, in Eastbourne, um, 28 Hyde Gardens, Eastbourne, which is um, East Sussex. But the number is uh, 01323-434-415. Brilliant. And I should just say that for anyone who's wondering how either Stephen or Rimmer is spelt, it's S-T-E-P-H-E-N for Stephen, and Rimmer is R-I-M-M-E-R. Thanks, Vivian. And in fact, uh, my <laughs> I didn't give my email address, and I should have done that. No, that's right. Which is, yeah, which is js at stephenrimmer.com. Brilliant. And are they able, John, just to, to contact you and have a, a preliminary chat or a preliminary interview with you just to sort of sound you out a little bit? Yes, they are. Uh, uh, we offer a, a free initial up to 30-minute consultation, either on the telephone mm -hmm. or in person. And uh, that, that applies both to mediation and any other legal services um, Brilliant. in my family team. Yes. And obviously, I know I'm not going to ask you to quote prices because I'm sure that it's like how long is a piece of string. I'm sure that each situation is different. But you could That's at least correct, give yeah. them some sort of idea about perhaps initial costs or, you know, general. Well, certainly that, yes. You can do that in that, that discussion. Initial, yes, indeed. That initial discussion is very much geared to trying to ensure that uh, when uh, you call us, uh, we can... Uh, analyze what might be needed and then mm -hmm. we can give you an indication of what it might cost. Um, yeah. Sadly, uh, legal aid isn't very much available now uh, because of a change in the government of April 2014. Um, but uh, although we do offer legal aid on those areas which it does cover, um, generally speaking, I would say I'm afraid it's a sort of pay-as-you-go exercise. Albeit sure. that we do offer fixed rates uh, for certain stages of different parts of the family law world mm -hmm. uh, and indeed mediation can be uh, as it were paid for on that basis as well on a, what I call a building block type exercise of 
step by step. But it's think, the steps yeah. you choose to take. I mean, uh, it's not dictated by the mediator. Uh, the steps you take as a, in mediation are governed by the needs of you both and how you both agree you progress for it. Yeah, I, can, I see. And that's, that's very reassuring, I think, because the other thing that a lot of my clients will say to me is, you know, I just had no idea how much all of this was going to cost. I didn't know how, what yeah. it was involved. And it, it becomes a very frightening process, I think, or it can do if you just feel that you're that there's there's never going to be an end to it. So, you know, I'm sure yeah. that listeners are, are happy to hear that, you know, there will at least get some indication of what's going to be involved, maybe also in terms of the sort of time that they might have to, you know, um, invest in this or, or put towards it. Um, and I think, again, it's, it's just that's just very helpful, isn't it, to, to, to have those, you know, the, the opportunity to ask those questions. Well, we, we have, of course, the advantage of experience, and hopefully those ringing us have haven't had too many experiences that need our help. <laughs> but because we deal with these on a sort of everyday basis, if you like, we, we know what the whole picture is like. And, and when you're starting off this pathway through resolving all these issues... Oh, I've lost you there for a minute. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to come away from it and, and have your life past this sort of exercise of, of, of splitting up and separating and reorganizing and remodeling your lifestyle, really. Absolutely. And, and I, I like, you know, that, that, that your objective is, is to help them to move forward, you know, to recover and, 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 and to live separate and apart in the future, but still kind of able to collaborate with each other and, and do it with style. And I, that really does yeah, come across, absolutely. you know, that sense of what's possible, um, because a lot of people feel that there's only misery in the future when it comes to dealing with their ex yeah. or, <laughs> or making I arrangements. I get very angry. I get very angry yeah. when I hear this horrible broken family word, you know. That's yeah, not right. Yeah. It, it is not right at all. Um, you're just no. remodeling families. Families are all different shapes and sizes nowadays, and within those families, whether it's uh, across distance or, or not, um, loving and thriving relationships can continue even after you know some difficulties that mean divorces happen or people separate permanently you will be at weddings you will be at graduations you will be at yeah. christenings and you will be loved and respected by your children nonetheless okay. no and, and I think it's it's just you know I think when you're going through the process and again I speak from experience you know it's very hard to remember all that that one day you'll be able to literally put your head up above the yeah. parapet and look around and think well I survived that you know and, and yeah. actually it's getting better you know life life yeah. is getting better and um, yeah. I also just wanted to draw people's attention to um, the fact that if you're struggling with any of the kind of emotional aspects that you don't want to bring to the table as in you know working on your own if you like your own mindset or your own emotions your own yeah. uh, sort of state in order to get the most out of this um, I've put a, a link here um, so that people can um, get a free strategy session with me so it's kind of like a survival strategy and um, all you need to go do is to go onto my website, um, which is www.thesinglemomssurvivalguide.com, and you'll see there's a tab which says free session. 
Um, and what we'll do, we'll spend about an hour on the phone. We'll look at um, developing a, a vision for you for picking up the pieces and moving on with your life. We'll look at some of the stumbling blocks um, and that, that could be hidden challenges that are sort of sabotaging your ability to, to get over your breakup and regain your confidence and perhaps get onto that even keel that you need in order to be able to make some rational decisions and, and, and get the best really future for yourself and for the children. And what I want you to do is to, you know, there's no obligation to work with me, but you'll leave feeling kind of energized and inspired. And, you know, I really will always point people back to people like yourself, John, you know, to, to, to get the expert um, advice they need at each stage of this process. Because I think, you know, we all have a part to play in helping people to get through it sort of sane. Well, and, I, and I, I agree entirely. <laughs> I, I agree entirely. I mean, um, I, I think your your potential input to uh, address that that anxiety and that uh, emotional feeling, uh, which uh, so many other professionals are ill-equipped to address, is really important. Yes, thank you. And and I think that's what I love about um, this whole webinar series. Actually, is all the people I've interviewed and 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 the ways that we can collaborate to actually help the person who's going through the the sometimes hell of of, of divorce and separation, so that you know they don't feel that they're on their own. That they have got help, both professional and and people who are really experienced. And 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 you know they're not being judgmental. They're actually there to you know to, to help you and and. Uh, you know, facilitate the, the the healing process, I suppose, because, you know, yeah. when you think about a rift or, you know, you talked about broken, and I agree with you, I hate that term, but if yeah. you like to heal family and so that it becomes a new, you know, a new branch yeah. of family or a new configuration, um, I think, you know, there are so many aspects that you need to consider, but um, I, I speak, I know for the, excuse me, the listeners, that it's really been enlightening talking to you because, Particularly with the examples that you've given, I think it's much easier to sort of to picture what the what the session's going to be like. And one of the things I think that's so wonderful is that it's it's a much friendlier and more yeah. um, I don't know almost more of a, a similar to a more of a domestic kind of environment than the court or, yeah. or the big impersonal building, or whatever. And having seen yeah. your mediation room, that is what it is. I love the fact that it's a yeah. round table. You know, yeah. it, it's all designed to put people at their ease, and so they're not on their yeah. best behaviour yeah. and in the dock, and you know, <laughs> yes. all those yeah, things indeed. that people worry yeah. about. Yeah. Well, I've I've found it very interesting talking to you, Vivian. Very interesting indeed. It's uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk over what uh, I feel is a very very important asset to those who are sadly facing these sort of problems personally. Well, it's been Mediation. it's been absolutely fantastic, and and again, really, really fascinating to be able to pick your brains and and find out a bit more about your your absolute expertise. So thank you so so much, and um, I know that um, everyone on this call and those listening to the replay will really, really benefit from, from this. So thank you so much for that. Well, it's nice of you to say so. Thank you, and uh, <laughs> I'll see you again, Vivian. Yeah. Good night. Thank you. Good night.